It's the golden rule. Treat others as you want to be treated. And I think this is a very, very interesting concept because as I was learning this, I thought in the beginning, I was like, well, this is how I'm supposed to treat other people. This is my guideline for like how I'm supposed to, to care for other people. Treat them as I would treat myself. But as I got older, I realized that I was so inclined to do for others, but not to do anything for myself. I would be so inclined to just put myself out there for them, to forgive them, to offer them grace, second, third, fourth, and fifth chances. But when it came to myself, I would hammer myself with my negativity. If I messed up one time, it was not good enough. I should be doing better. I could be doing better. This isn't right. It's not going my way. I had to change the script. I had to become intentional about how I loved myself. And it is very difficult for you to continue to show up on a powerful basis for your clients if you don't have a grace and love for self. Welcome to the Positive People Posse Living Room. I'm your host, Dom Green, life enthusiast and marketing director of Positive People Posse. We are a digital marketing company, so we are the sponsor today, 3P Media. We have all your digital marketing solutions. Just give us a shout. Look us up at positivepeopleposse.com, and we will be happy to help. Today's guest is Mr. J. Caleb Rogers, mental sensei. How are you doing today? Oh, Dom, I'm great. Great seeing you, man. It's been about, I think, I was trying to figure it out, maybe since 4th of July a couple years ago. I think it was two years ago, man. Two yeah. years ago, and we are two years old now. Yeah, so, very cool. I appreciate you being here because it's it's funny how things just come, come back full circle. I haven't seen you for a couple years, but a lot has changed, obviously. But I'm going to say one thing today. Thank you very much because you gave me a lot of morning motivation today when I was watching some of your videos online. Oh, yeah. So, you know, me, me and you were briefly talking about this, but, you know, I, I believe a lot more people need to hear this message. <laughs> they need to hear about what you're about. And so I'm very excited just to dive in and, you know, just talk about all things positive and mindset and how our worlds are very similar. I love what you're doing. I was, I was talking to you earlier. I mean, I just, I see you working in people's lives and you, and you really do live the, the three P man. You, you go after that positivity. You got a bright smile all the time. And, and as soon as I was invited, I was like, Oh hell yeah. Like I got to talk to this dude. It's, it's been, it's been a minute. So thank you very much for having me out. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I appreciate that. So once you tell the listening audience or viewing audience what you do and what you're about. Sure. So my name is Jay Caleb Rogers, the mental sensei. I started off my career as a CPA doing consulting, audit work, and was just bored, so bored. <laughs> and I transitioned into consulting. And I was like, oh, you know, this is a little bit better fit, but the travel doesn't work out so well. And then came home local, and then and that's when I kind of figured, I was like, well, I really like to do this executive coaching, but maybe niche out in a market that, that I'm passionate about. And that happened to be MMA or mixed martial arts. And so the mental sensei was born and, and, and I've since that point been a performance coach for professional athletes, helping them get ready to mentally perform at their best. To date, I've worked with probably 40 plus UFC fighters, multiple world champions. And then that kind of transitioned into sales associates being like, hey, you can help them perform in the cage. Can you help me increase my sales? And yeah, yeah, I, I can. <laughs> so I, I answered the call there and then that moved to executive coaching. And now I'm doing executive coaching with CEOs, small businesses, sales associates, and of course my fighters, my home base. So a performance coach for, for athletes. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, uh, 
the people in the cage. This is a blood sport. You know, it's all about battle. It's all about, you know, their mental appetite for probably con continuing to learn. But is it more about just honing in on calmness? I mean, what's, what's been, what's your biggest strategy when it comes down to working with these athletes, these high performance athletes? If yeah. So I thought I was like, okay, this is just going to be a be about like helping them get ready to fight. I was like, that's, that's what this is. And it kind of was, but there is as much that goes on outside of the cage that goes on in it. And so it's really a balance, you know, like, yes, about calming, focusing, centering for sure. Uh, visualization, positive self-talk, different modes and methods. But man, I've also helped people through divorce. I've helped people through some of the hardest times in their life, things that I won't you know, out of confidentiality share, but, but man, really, really tough times that people have gone through. And, and what I, I learned pretty quickly was like, wow, when, when things are okay outside, things are much better in your business, in your company, or in your performances. So it starts with understanding with everybody. You know, I may use like different tips and tools that I, that I work to bring to our conversations, but man, I'm not just coming in to prescribe and be like, okay, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. I need to know and understand who you are what you believe in, what your values are, what your mission is. Once I get a good idea of that, then I can begin to start speaking your language. And as we set that we vision of like, hey, this is what I want, this is who I am to get it, then I hold you accountable and encourage you along the way to do so. And I use a variety of techniques. You know, I, like I said, goal setting, positive self-talk, visualization. I got basically certified as a master hypnotist through the, the most rigorous hypnosis school in the world. So we do both conscious and subconscious level programming to get you results. Man, I love that. You know, one thing that I will say is, you know, me being a 34-year-old male, I've realized that I've had to overcome so many personal insecurities. And I think when I really mastered that, that really allowed me to really become my true self. And I think uh, a lot of people just struggle with that inner self-confidence. And when you said that positive self-affirmation or self-talk, you, know, um, you know, we spend most most of our lives with ourselves <laughs> yeah. if anything and everything so how you talk to yourself is very important um you know with that being said you know like do you is there a lot of struggle is there a lot of struggle for a lot of people um that you've came across that have that positive self-affirmation oh yeah for for me i'm probably like you know patient zero you know i was raised by a single mom and she wasn't always kind the way she talked to herself and so what I learned, the behaviors that I learned was to be very critical of myself. And then when you start comparing yourself to everybody's best, I mean, you're in marketing, everybody's putting their best foot forward and you, you compare that to your worst or your reality, your expectations don't meet your reality. All of a sudden you start to feel depressed and sink into ways of depression. And if you don't, if you're not very careful with that, that can lead to some really dark paths. So it, it is true. I have a theory that each and every one of us are a vessel. And if we're not consciously, controlling what's going into our vessel than, than what is, you know, who, who, you know, who's, who's guiding the ship. And sometimes, sometimes it's, it's even not about filling the vessel. It's about emptying the vessel and going to talk to somebody because sometimes it doesn't even matter whether you're telling yourself positive stuff or negative stuff, your vessel's just full. And when your vessel gets full, you got to empty that out so that you can got to plant that seed of wisdom and truth to, to move forward. So once again, that's why I say like, you know, I can't just come and, and start talking at somebody I got to hear well, where are they at? Are they in a place to receive information? Are they not in a place to receive information? And then, then what kind of information they do receive? My values may not be your own, but when I get you and I, I call it, I'm a fire starter. When I get you living your fire, then we we're here to burn the world down in light, love and positivity. I love that. I love that.
you know, one thing that really excites me is understanding that me being a motivator, I need motivation as well. And so when I hear things uh, about like the similar traits that you have that I have, um, I was watching one of your videos and you referenced the book of five rings and this yeah. book right here alone, um, you know, it's one of those things where you think about just strategy, right? You think mm -hmm. about, you know, the art of war or battle and how you can apply that to life. I mean, there's, there's so much uh, value in reading and there's also value of listening to other people's purpose and how they motivate others. It just excites me. I think it's really important for us to stay curious. Now, how'd you come across this book? You know, an old college roommate of mine sent that to me, but I, I've been fascinated with, you know, Japanese literature. Like I said, you know, in, in preparation, I wasn't traditionally trained to be a performance coach. I, I started looking and, 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 you know, no offense to anybody who went that route, but when I looked, I was like, this, this certification process is kind of like the wild, wild west. Anybody can be like, yeah, I'll, I'll certify you as a performance coach. You know, I was like, well, who, who certified you? Who said you had the authority to do that, right? So for me, my approach was like, pick up a book, read it, and then go do it. And of those books, you know, I read sports psychology books, I read philosophy books, Miyamoto Musashi, Sun Tzu, Marcus Aurelius on stoicism. I mean, I've just been reading a lot of different stuff, anything that I felt like could help bring more value to my clients. And that certainly is a good one. Um, and if you've ever read, there's a book, uh, I, I'm not going to remember the author, and I would butcher the name if I tried to pronounce it. I mean, it's huge. It's, it's thick, but Musashi. I mean, if you like Miyamoto Musashi, it's like historical fiction that guides you through his life. Dude, it's, it's, a, it's a bomb read. Like, it, it, like, pick it up, read it. It's, it blew my mind. Like, one of the best books I've read. Yeah, that's, you know, reading is like the biggest escape for us. You know, when you can just set aside the time not having your phone, all these devices, all these electronics that are going off, and you can just really zone out, zone out and think with intention and live with intention through words. You know, um, innately, we kind of just, you know, we kind of just like go down this path where we're seeing things or maybe even smelling different things or, you know, yeah. how, how we feel is completely different. And, uh, you know, so I really appreciate people who can, you know, really communicate through what they've read. Um, now, kind of go back to where, you, where it all started before you became, you know, the mental sensei. Um, so you said that you're raised by a single parent. I was raised by a single parent, so I already see the similarities right there. Yeah. Um, where'd you grow up and, you know, talk about your, your wisdom of the past and your, your life of the past to get you where you are today. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, so I was raised by a single mom until I was 10, you know, in that time we bounced around. I was born in Indiana, but lived in California, back to Indiana. We moved to Kansas when she met my, my stepdad and lived there for the majority of my my you know, young adult life. I had a very, very close relationship with my grandfather who was a Southern Baptist minister. I wouldn't be where I'm at today without him and without the influence of, of my mom. Well, like I said, in, in, you know, I, for me, it was all about status. Like I grew up in you know, a trailer, right? I, I grew up in this small, you know, being a single mom, watching my mom miss meals or you know, I can remember getting a trash bag full of clothes on Christmas and her crying because, you know, we didn't have a lot of gifts and stuff. So, you know, that, that left an impression on me, you know, and, and it probably got me a little out of balance, right? It made me want for more. It made me want more, more status, more wealth, more significance, you know, growing up in what I felt like was kind of an insignificant life. Well, as I continue to go about my career, you know, I, I crushed it in school, right? I, I valedictorian, you know, I, 
did every sport that you could play, four-year letterman and everything, you know, just because I was trying to get my name on a building, right? I wanted to have, have it all, right? Like be and do more than what I felt. And so, you know, in college, I went to Cornell uh, out in Ithaca, right? Out upstate New York. Beautiful, by the way. If you need to get a chance to go visit, Ithaca is gorgeous. It yeah. is, man. If you can take a day trip out there, beautiful, beautiful country. I got out there and I kept working hard. And then, you know, long story shortened, I, I ended up coming back home to finish my, my education at UMKC in accounting. You know, an important question I think you should all ask yourself is, is what am I doing and why? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And for me, I knew it was because I wanted to own my own business. Now, look, I didn't, I don't regret getting my degree in accounting. I don't regret getting my CPA. But was I good at it? Not, not, not really. I mean, like, I could be good at it, but I would never be the best. My passion wasn't there. I was more intrigued by, by growth, by what it could afford me in status. And, you know, in 2015, January that year, my grandfather passed away. And I was working at a consulting firm here local in Kansas City. I'd, I'd moved to, you know, I started my career at PwC. It was awesome, was in audit, moved to consulting, then, then came home to get off the road. And in 2015, after he passed away, I mean, I started asking myself those big questions. You know, what, what are you doing? Well, you know, you don't have a lot of time here. What, do you even enjoy what you do? Not, not really. And look, I was making good money. I had status. I was working on $6.8 billion mergers and acquisitions. But I, I hated what I was doing. I was reading legal documents and in an office, just quiet. And I realized I'm, I'm never going to be the best at this. But I could be really good at communicating. And when I examined my grandfather's life and the way he lived, I was like, he provided for his family. He was really good at what he did. You know, he was a preacher. He was good at speaking and motivating. He served his community, you know, and, and, and he worked hard, like, to, to, to provide. When I looked at that, I was like, that, that to me seems like a good life. And while I have some elements of this, I don't, I don't have that. I was, I was feeling a gap. And you would have thought like, okay, then just, just leave. But, you know, I was in a pretty miserable environment and I felt like I'm, I'm spiritual. I felt like God kind of had a lesson for me to learn in that environment. Because I was miserable in this quiet office that wasn't a really good fit, you know, another sidebar, maybe trust your gut before entering, in, <laughs> entering a new work environment. I didn't listen to mine. I was like, ah, just get home, get off the road. And it, and it wound me up in a not so great working environment. But, you know, as I'm, as I'm going through this, this process, God had to lead me on this place of, of kind of where I began the process of getting my own mentality right. Because I was miserable. I, mean, I can remember just Googling, you know, what's the meaning of life? And, and Google didn't really have an answer for me. I was like, I'm so bored. I've, I've kind of made it. You know, I've done, I've done all this stuff. I'm like, what's, what's the point? You know, I, I, this is just, it can't be this, right? It, this can't be enough. And so, you know, I came across Zig Ziglar and he talks about stinking thinking, right? And he talks about how, you know, think about everything that you like about your job and change that to what you love about your job. And nothing else is working. So I started my mornings and started praying. And every day I'm just grateful. I'm like, hey, I'm so grateful that I got this place to go to work. So grateful that it's close to my home, that I can eat lunch with my wife, that it's got air conditioning. I mean, anything that I could think of. And over the course of about three months, I moved from like hating my job to not, you know, minding my job, you know, I didn't like it, but I didn't mind it to, you know what, I like my job. It's okay. It's not a bad place. And the second I got there, it was like, boom, I've learned the lesson. And that's when I felt that the release and, and I call it leaving out of desperation or leaving out of inspiration. 
If I would have left three months prior, I would have left out of desperation. But I left that company out of inspiration because when I, when I saw these things that inspired me and I created a good state in a bad environment, I, I felt like, okay, if I can do that here, then I can do that elsewhere. Now hear me carefully for anybody who's, who's watching. You may be in a bad environment. That may not be a good place for you. You might be able to find peace and clarity and calm there like, like I did, but maybe that's just not where you need to be. Maybe you need to kind of take some steps to make that happen to, to move out. And that's kind of what I did. I started taking, I remember talking to my buddy in New York and he was like, you know, he's like, you know, you talk about taking this big leap, Caleb. He's like, maybe just take like a drunken step. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's a good, that's a good, maybe I don't need to like make this big giant career change. So for me, I, you know, started reading sports psychology books. I started working with local athletes right down the street in, in my gym. There's this, um, great Netflix series called uh, The Get Down. You ever watch that? The break no. Oh, it's great, man. Like if you like break dancing and like 70s hip hop and New York City, like it's, it's, it's cool. Like check it out. Anyway, I'm watching this and there's this line in there that says, if you want to be king, you got to start by owning your street and then you own your block and then you own your city and then you own your state, your country and you, you move on. And I took that to heart. And I was like, okay, so, so when I started, you know, in 2015, I'm still working at this consulting job, but I started to, I went down my street. There was a company called Brass Boxing and I worked with a 155 pound amateur. You know, I'd read some sports psychology books, but I didn't, I didn't know if this was going to work. I just, I just did it and, and we won. We, we had some really good success, got it mentally dialed in. Then I went to Topeka at a gym down there and I started hitting all these local gyms. And within a short time, I'd moved to Bellator, which is kind of like, a sister company, you know, competitor to UFC. And at Bellator, I met, you know, uh, you know, networked to meet James Krause, who's in the UFC, started working with him, Megan Anderson, and then Denver through their contacts, you know, Matt Brown and, and all these other UFC fighters that I started working with. And, and now, like I said, today I've worked with, you know, probably 40 some odd UFC fighters or, you know, plus and, and multiple world champions. And it's been, it's been just a crazy, awesome, incredible ride. Man, seeing you realize your dreams just through probably uh, repetitiveness and having something that's, you know, you're, you're not necessarily changing up the formula every day. You've got more of a regimen. It sounds like it's kind of aided to your success. And success, that's such a loose word that I like to use because I believe our success and our personal growth and our aspirations should not be compared to somebody else's um, yeah. you know, uh, possessions or whatever it may be, but the success that you can realize your dreams and um, realize that, you know, there's something that's bigger and better. I believe that is successful, you know? And so seeing, um, you know, you actually, well, hearing, I could actually feel like I was visualizing you make all these strides when you're telling the story. I think that's really important for people to do. You know, it's important for people to also ask them, what is your story? Like I, I ask myself, what, my story is. And, you know, when I asked you where it all started, you know, you basically were able to tell me your story up until this point. And I think there's a lot of like importance to that because in order to know where you're going, you have to know where, you, where it all began and why we think the way we think. And yeah. I often see that, you know, I do things that are just not you know, not, uh, they're not good habits. <laughs> and so, so I'm like, this, this can't be a good habit. So I need to break this habit. Like I shouldn't be comfortable with making the same mistakes. Right. 
And, uh, you know, it was something that you referenced in that, in, in one of the videos that I watched you, um, your public speaking videos, just talk about, you know, making those same mistakes. And it was through a reference of the book of five rings, um, you know, basically saying when you, you come into a, you're locked in position and you keep on thinking that you're going to win with the same technique or move. And yet the round two comes and you keep on using the same technique and you're not winning at all. You need to change something. Right. Um, And often we need to look at our story and probably compare that and say, well, I need to change something. It's not, it's not really making me feel happy about what I'm doing. I don't feel successful at what I'm doing. Sometimes we kind of just, fake the funk and we just play the role as like, Hey, this is my job. This is what I'm here to do. But how passionate are we? You know, it really starts with yourself. Right. Well, and and to, I think there's a step even before that, which, which sometimes a lot of people miss. And I think I alluded to this in one of those videos too, but more often than not, where, where it starts with is grace and an unfavored love of, of saying like, Hey, I'm going through a hard thing right now. Can I love myself while going through it? And so a lot of people, they, they should all over themselves, right? Oh, I should be doing better. I need to be doing this habit or I need to, I need, I want, I, you know, and, and it just shows subconsciously that you have a complete dissatisfaction with self. And I get it, right? We, you know, we're in a hustle grind culture. We're in like perfection. We seek all that stuff. And that's great. I'm not saying we don't want outcomes. I'm saying our process to get those outcomes, you got to look at what works. And for me, beating myself up, led to, to worse processes. You know, if I was just constantly hard on myself, like I said, I'm self-admittedly kind of a nutcase. <laughs> you know, being, me too. being hard on myself, like it led me down some dark paths, you know, that it wasn't good. But when I gave myself grace and love and acceptance to meet myself where I'm at, be like, yeah, the behavior's not okay, but I'm gonna love you through that anyway. Then all of a sudden it was kind of like removing a stone out of my way and it allowed me to just, okay, like see things a little bit more clearly, see my hurt. And I, and I have an expression or a quote, what I'm going to say, champions use pain to power their purpose. But it starts with grace and a recognition of that pain. If I don't realize that I'm suffering, if I don't realize that, that this is hard, then not only am I trying to do battle out here, but I'm also doing battle in here. And now we're fighting a two-front war. So, you know, Dom, get on team Dom. Caleb, get on team Caleb, you know, and, and everybody who's listening, get on your own team. Love yourself first. Give yourself grace. Not because you've deserved it, but just because it's, it's a better way to get to the results that you want. We'll get to the perfection. We'll get to that stuff. But that stuff's not going to make you lovable. Until you love yourself as you are completely, then it's like, okay, now we can go move and do other things. And that, you know, I didn't mention that in my story, but man, you know, I told you I'd made kind of an idol out of security and status. Dude, I had to start over. Like all of that was taken away from me. Like I was making significant money. I started going working with broke fighters, pretty scary time. I mean, there was a couple of times where I went back to try to go apply to be a server because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make this work. And I didn't get the serving job. Well, I got one of them, but another one, I was like, you gotta be, you gotta be shitting me. I'm a CPA. I can't get a serving job. No offense to servers. I served for five years, but I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. So, so big dose of humility that had me kind of understand like one, I got to love where I'm at, but two, I got to figure out who I am without all the things, yeah. right? Without all the status, without the money, without any of that, who are you? And, and that's what I challenge everybody that I work with to kind of figure out is, is who are you? What, what do you stand for? 
What will you be, what are you willing to bleed for? I That's love that. I, like I love that. You know, here's another thing. Again, I'm, I'm feeling so many similarities between you and I. So it, yeah. it's funny. Um, you know, I had the, the high paying six figure job and, you know, I was traveling all over the world. Um, and I pretty much felt like I, if I wanted something, I could really have it within reason. Yeah. Right. And all my world basically got flipped upside down. And, you know, again, that status that I was attracted to is probably the same. And I would probably attribute that to, you know, my childhood growing up with a single parent. My mom actually remarrying when I was 10 as well. And yeah. um, brother from another mother. man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're, we're the same, just on other sides. Right. And um, and so, you know, like all of that, you know, I always felt like I had to, you know, show that I belong in a way like, hey, I'm different. I'm but I'm different through status. And then when I got that awesome job and I got that nice car and, and the houses and stuff, and I was able to invest and do whatever I wanted, I lost the opportunity. I lost the job, you know? And again, when I had to reset, there was a couple of things that I had to do. I had to figure out, realize what, what did I really want to do with my life? And I had thought about positive people posse before leaving my job and when I had this opportunity to start something on my own, it, it was scary. And I, I, I wasn't prepared to start on my own just yet. And so I did, I did play around with a couple interviews. I think I interviewed to probably 20, 20 different places. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, a lot of places would say that I was overqualified. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's racial. I'm not sure, I, I can't attribute to everything, but my purpose wasn't to be there at that point in time. Yeah, that's what I really took away from it. It's like, okay, maybe if they're saying that I'm too good for this, maybe I'm too good for it, but I'm going to go start my own thing regardless. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. And so I started Positive People Posse and, you know, it was all about, you know, us being able to talk about one thing and that was positive mindset and also help people with their, their brand messaging, their marketing, um, really. And it's all about synergy right there. But the similarity that I feel about what you're talking about is, you know, I had to really get to the heart of why I want to start this before I started it. And, and I, I, it's all about impact. It's all about working with people. Yes. We, our goal is to make a profit because it allows us to touch and have more conversations with more people, be able to do this children's book, be able to do uh, things that really just cost money. And I hate, I hate talking about money, but we all need it to some degree yeah, but I, I bring purpose to whatever I do, you know, and so uh, it doesn't matter how much money that I put into this company or how much uh, money um, we, we do in revenue each year, you know, our purpose is there. We actually, we have a clear path to know what we really want and That's it incredible. is to help people, you know, and, and so I admire that you've actually taken that path for it to be, become your career to help individuals not knowing what the revenue was going you didn't know if there was going to be any revenue at all at one point in time and then you also have to bootstrap and you have to you know tuck your tail between your legs and say uh well you know i'm gonna have to humble myself and go do this um for the interim time but you're still working towards that goal oh yeah you know? and that's really important for a lot of people to understand is uh you, you got to gotta really make some sacrifices in order oh, yeah. for you to go after whatever it is that you want to go after and many tears 
many tears. <laughs> and whenever yeah. you get whatever you're after, you still have to work at hard to keep it, keep and preserve it, you know? Oh yeah, no, it's 24 seven, man, it doesn't stop. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, there's days that I feel I'm so empowered, I'm so like ready to devour, you know, the world, like just go <laughs> after all my goals. And then there's other days where I'm like, ah, man, am, am I being realistic? I need to humble myself yeah. a little bit. And, you know, so there's this constant game, but let's say that uh, the reading, the conversations with other entrepreneurs and people that um, have been through similar experiences and shit that you've been through uh, or people that have maybe a better understanding of like what it really took when they fell on their face to resurrect and become, you know, uh, the, the monarch of, of all things. Um, you know, all those things help, you know, we have to aid ourselves with positive conversations with other people and oh, internal conversations too. Yeah, community is huge. It's funny. I was kind of getting like goosebumps while you were talking because like I said <laughs> I, I am spiritual. I think it's incredible you're living out your passion, and I, I encourage you. You know, any way I can help you to do that. Like, like I said, man, I, I love what you're doing. I love what you're about. Thank you. You know, one of the first things that, like I said, I'm spiritual. God kind of conveyed to me the first thing that He said. I mean, very first lesson was it's not about the money. And I'm a CPA, like I said, who had kind of made an idol out of security my 401k, my bank account. So when these things weren't getting funded, I was like, Oh my God, how am I going to, what am I going to do when I, you know, in the future, what's going on? I don't, I don't know. And I was like, well, if it's not about the money, what's it about? And he said, it's about the impact. Do the best you can with what's in front of you and the money will come. And I've lived by that lesson and, and it's always whatever's right in front of me. And if I found that if I just deliver with that person, it, it leads to, to other things. If I just keep going. Now it's hard I think, like I said, you get this momentum when you start a new business. And I would say that I'm in what's called like a desert period. You know, you get, you get called to go be alone and be out in the wilderness. And it's, it's, it's trial after trial after trial, but it makes you strong. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen like uh, how they make a samurai sword. You know, they, they burn yes. it, they it down, they hammer it up, and then they fold that steel over. And, and layers and layers and layers of that thing makes it sharper than any other steel. That's the phase that I'm in right now. Yeah. I'm getting hammered out here in the desert. Oh, yeah. But that being said, when this coronavirus thing came through, like I've been through this before. I've been through down ticks in my business before. So I know I'm getting stronger, but but it's 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 lonely, bro. It's yeah. lonely out here. It like, is. It is. You're like, you got you to gotta keep that inner monologue going. And if you find some great people, great organizations like yourself, get plugged in because it's it's a lot. No, hundred percent. You know, I love that. I love the uh, the transparency with that because you know we're the same way. The uh, the only way that we existed, we exist right now, is because we felt the presence of the world's um, the need for needing more, the need for knowing that we all have something similar. We have a lot more in common than we don't. You know, we all have aspirations to some degree. You know, uh, what our goal boards and our vision boards look like, they might be completely different, but, you know, um, and we all have this ideal of what it means to be successful. And, um, you know, there's no promise, there's no guarantee 
uh, that positive people posse will be here five years from now. But I'm telling you right now, more than ever, it's, it's felt more realistic that this is a legitimate brand. It's a legitimate company. And we're able to help small businesses. We're able to help people. And, um, but yeah, you're legit. Real- let, me, <laughs> let me, let me tell you, you're legit. We're going to own that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. And, uh, but you know, like, yeah, we have to be, we have to be rigorous and we have to live our lives with, we have to think with intent, you know? And yeah, it's not always going to be the most promising uh, dream to live like coronavirus. Like, oh my gosh, it's affected everyone. It's leveled the playing field as well. We've, we're all going through the same shit and trying to figure out how how we exist in this new world and how yeah. long it's going to last um that also means that we have a lot more room to impact and help other people in different ways and without this platform of positive people posse or mental sensei you wouldn't have been able to interact with individuals that you've interacted with like yeah. that's the beauty of being able to own your business is be able to collaborate with others and so you know, that, that's probably one of the biggest gifts right there is just to be able to know that you can virtually go help someone or there's a connection that can be made uh, just through conversation and the collaboration that can be there. Oh, dude. Yeah. When I first got going, like I said, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. I, I messaged every single fighter on every organization across the world, which, you know, was uh cool because i got to have conversations with people in england in south america and brazil and kuala lumpur and australia and i'm doing it you know here in the middle of kansas city yeah i'm just like i'm you know mental sensei is a global brand like (laughs) even though i'm sitting on my couch i'm like we're global we're we're, we've gone global (laughs) you're you're insane and i feel your insanity which is great i i love that i love when people like believe in something so much that they're willing just like, Hey, I'm just going to DM this person. They need to talk to me, you know, but (laughs) you have to feel that way, right? You have to feel that way about what you want to add to the world or what you can bring to the world. If you don't have that belief, then it's just like, hi, I'm Jake Caleb Rogers and I want to help you. (laughs) Well, dude, like I said, it starts kind of with identity. You know, in the beginning, I'm, a, I'm the CPA finance guy. So in the first, you know, six months of me introducing myself as a mental coach, that, that, that wasn't natural, yeah. right? Like just speaking that out. And so I believe that each and every person, you, me, everybody has the gift of prophecy. If you actually speak something and you speak it out there and you continue to act upon that faith of that belief, just watch, watch what happens in your world. So I started speaking out, Hey, I'm a mental coach. I wrote a mantra. I wrote a creed and I spoke that every single day and I took steps to do that. And now I can say, you know, without batting an eye, yeah, I'm a mental coach. I'm one of the best in the world. I'm really good. (laughs) Come work with me if you need a mental coach, but it took me a minute to get there. I had to speak it. I had to believe it and act on it. So, you know, you mentioned earlier, like, Oh, this, this legit company, just own it. Start on. We are legit. This is right. We're premier. <laughs> yeah, I've I've actually shedded the imposter syndrome. Um, I think it was like, thank you. It was uh, it's about a year. I'm actually going to add like a applause track to that part. <laughs> I shedded the imposter syndrome about a year and a half ago. I think it was six months in. I believe it was six months in. And I'm like, I'm a digital marketer. Uh, I can help your business. I'm also we also talk about mindset. Like we can help people. Like yeah. I've really owned that. And it's, it's true. Like I really believe in speaking into existence. Like that is really important. Um, 
but again, it kind of goes with that self-talk, you know, that yeah. conversations, you know, when you wake up, you don't feel good. Why don't I feel good? Is it what I've been eating? You know, is it what I've been reading, what I've been yeah. watching, you know, technology? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, sleep, all of that. Yeah. And it's, and I think sometimes kind of going back to the faith thing, like people don't realize that you have to do a lot of stuff first before you even know if it's going to work. Like, oh, yeah. like that's, that's constant in, in any entrepreneurship venture is, is living and walking by faith. So like I said, my own journey has, has been very much security, security, security. And all of a sudden it's been entirely faith. And so I've kind of like, yes. is this going to work? I don't know where my next paycheck's going to come from. I don't know where my next client's going to come from, my next opportunity. But, you know, consistently taking steps towards that end, I think that's the, the biggest, biggest thing that's worked for me is just the game isn't over until we win. Like, yes. I'm just not stopping. Like, I, I may get, you know, down, I may go back, but I'm just, I'm not going to quit. Like, I'm not going to go away. Like, I will be here 30, 40, 50 years from now until I die. I'm, yes. I'm coming after it. I love it. I love it. You know, oftentimes I feel like I can contradiction, contradict myself where I say to my team, I say, hey, do you hope or do you know? But you, I also feel like, you know, the hope factor is not faith. You know, like when I know something is for me, I'm realizing something. I'm turning my realizations into dreams. Like it's actually happening. I say, you know, I know because first of all, I'm not too crazy to say that this can't work out. Like we're, we're two years in now. I really believe that, you know, this is our journey. This is what we can do. We can still help people. We can, um, you know, the people that will get in front of just because of our brand, our brand name, it's amazing. And you really do have to believe in it. Um, but you know, that, that presents its challenges, but those challenges are learning lessons constantly, no matter what it is. You know, like one thing that you and I briefly talked about is like, you're like, Hey, I'm excellent at, you know, getting the, the video out there or something like that. Well, I'm like excellent said, I'm at doing the video. I'm yes. not good at telling people about it. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I can help you and we yeah. can help you. And so yeah. whatever it takes, you know, like that's what it comes, uh, comes about. It's just about, um, connecting more people. I want you to see a bigger audience. I believe 100%. you're deserving of it. Um, delivery is amazing, by the way. What's that? I said your delivery is amazing. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned something I think is really, really important. Like this generation right now, I think it's because of like the loyalty that we've seen, rightfully so, that companies have given us. And you're seeing a ton more entrepreneurship and, and it's exciting. It's awesome. But be careful that we don't fall into that ego trap. Like, I know that I, I can fall into that too, which is, you know, I've got this, it's my name, it's, it's, it goes back to the significance thing, the status thing. I think the companies that are gonna win are gonna be those ones that do find synergy, like, hey, I'm really good at delivery, you're really good at marketing, we need to team up, you know, yes. or I'm really good at mental, like right now I've got a project in the works where I'm delivering mental coaching, I've got a strength conditioning, and I've got one of the best nutritionists in the world. And we're partnering to start delivering this product out to executives and fighters. And then I love that are incredible people that are, that are lined up that it's like, Hey, now we're starting to take a team based approach to giving you the complete package. So those companies that are going to get good at working with other people and, and complementary skill sets, I think those are going to be the winners in the next 10, 15. Years. I love that you said that because, you know, first of all, people hit us up for collaborations quite often. And I, I believe that we should be collaborating constantly, but it has to make sense, right? Yeah. And so when we collaborate, it shouldn't just be the reward of saying, okay, 
we're going to just make a shirt. I'm like, no, we don't want to just make a shirt. We want to be able to discover, you know, how we can actually uh, tap into a new audience, how we can reach people within our own audience in a different way. And, but that takes people. And I love the synergy when it comes to working with other companies because it allows us to show how we can work together and actually learn something. And yeah. when you collaborate, you learn something. You should have the opportunity to learn something. And so, yes, I do believe that collaboration is like, it's probably one of the best marketing moves that you can have because you're tapping into their marketing audience and your, their marketing audience is getting to see something new. And so because well, yeah. sometimes, bro, I can be an arrogant asshole, like just throwing <laughs> that out there. Like I can be tough to work with. And I'm like, oh my God, Caleb, you gotta, you gotta check yourself or, you know, your, your things that you don't do very good come out. And it's like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm late on this thing or I do this thing. It's like, you know, so, you know, iron sharpens iron. It's good. But yes. it's knowing in myself, like, Hey, you've got to, you got to be a little bit flexible here. You've got to try to kind of level up if you're going to work with these people. It's tough. And now you multiply that because everybody's got their own things they're good at, not good at. That it, it's, it takes work. It's a skill set learning yes. how to work with others. Like for me, if I want to go do something, I do it. If I want to write something, I write it. Deliver and create, I create it. But now if I loop in two other people, it's like, you know, okay. They might not have the same, you know, um, the same energy as you have, you right. know, to get things done and full execution. Yeah. And, you know, I hate starting something and not getting it complete. You know, like oh. that is, it just hurts me. And so yeah. I, I often, I feel like I could be sometimes considered a micromanager where I'm like, hey, so where are we at right now? And it's like, why is this guy pressing me? It's because right. like, I'm already done. I, I'm excited about this. And I, I think you said something in one of these videos where you talked about how, um, you know, like you've got, you're all in and then, and someone else might not be all in and it feels it was something along those lines, but it's like, you've got this energy and excitement and then you get defeated by other people's lack yeah. of getting whatever done and accomplished. And, you know, that definitely changes your mood. You feel like you're like, you're losing right now. It's like, I don't want to lose. Like I'm, I'm trying to use this energy for yeah. constructiveness. And, you know, that's really important to, uh, to utilize that energy in a good way, but also know that everyone works differently. Right. Oh yeah. It's a yeah, learning exactly. lesson. And you need that. Like learning to work with people that are different than you, like you don't want everybody thinking the same. Like, you know, I need somebody who's probably more detailed, who's going to be more in the weeds on some things, who also is going to call me out on my, on my shit. But they also need me to be, you know, barging down doors, opening up new relationships. Yes. Like, it, so there's, you got to find those people. And I think it comes to like the we vision. When you can get a we vision of like, hey, this is what we're about. This is what we're going. These are the values that we have that we're going to build upon to get there. Now we're moving in the same direction. But if you don't have that vision, then, you know, somebody may be moving right. You may be moving left. And it's like, oh, we're, you know, well, why are you helping out over here? It's like, well, I thought this is what we were about. It's like, no, we're about, we're about this. So establishing a we vision is, is huge in, in collaboration. I love it. I love it. So one last thing before we get off today. So tell me about your vision. Uh, for this the rest of this year and maybe 2021 obviously COVID has uh, really shook some things up um, it's really it's really just changed how we interact with people I know that you said that you've worked with a couple fighters as of late in the new settings of uh, the, the pandemic uh, but what's what's on the horizon and what, what do you see uh, how your business is going to change 
over the next so, year. Yeah. So my next step is groups. I've been doing a really, really good job with one-on-one -on -one individual coaching. If, if you and I were going to sit down and do coaching, it's great. But once again, like I said, it's not about the money. It's about the impact. And if I'm spending an hour with you, that's, that's, it's tough. So to get scalable, I need more people in the room. So group coaching, that's, that's my big initiative. Keynotes, getting in larger. And, and it's tough because I think there's depth and then there's breadth. You know, a keynote, you're going to get breadth, you know, but, but a group coaching session kind of gives you a little hybrid of both. One-on-one, -on -one, we're going to go deep. You know, we can go a little bit deeper in a group. So, I'm, so I keep looking at group coaching and avenues for that. Maybe writing a book. You know, I talked about that. I feel like that's one of the few mediums where you can actually get both depth and breadth. So I'm really, really intrigued by this idea of writing a book. I'm going to be taking a creative writing course this semester just for to sharpen it up, man. I haven't, I haven't written in a long time. So we're, we're going to play with that a little bit. So keynotes, group coaching, and collaboration to get, get that, that breadth. That's kind of the, the short-term 2020-2021 vision. Long-term is to create a network of leaders that are living their values that influence the world for positive change. I love that. I love that. And so where can the listening and viewing audience find you? Mental Sensei, that's S-E-N-S-E-I. Sensei, it's kind of hard to kind of hard to spell. A lot of people <laughs> misspell it. I, I get it wrong too. S-E-N-S-E-I, mentalsensei.com, at Mental Sensei on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those social media platforms. Um, if you want to email me, info at mentalsensei.com. Shoot me a request. You know, I'm I'm pretty open to speak to anybody. You know, 15, 20-minute consult to see, hey, does coaching make sense? Is this is this going to get you to the next level? And yeah, then we move forward. I love it. I love it. Hey, very much appreciated for your time today. This was yeah. awesome. I feel like uh, we learned a lot about each other. And yeah. uh, also, we can work with one another. I, I believe that there's definitely it. a lot of synergy there or here. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, your career um, later on, later Likewise. down the road. But, you know, here in the short end and long term. Likewise. I appreciate yeah. you much, Jack, Caleb. Yeah. Thank you, Dom. Live freely, stay positive.